Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Word on Democracy as part of Reality Check. We are broadcasting live from the White House Complex. We are here at the Eisenhower Office Building. And it is exciting to be here. And we're talking to some of the movers and shakers in the federal government. And I am right here right now with Harry Coker. He is the National Cyber Director. Tell us what that means and what you do at the White House. Well, good morning, first good morning. of all. And, uh, and thank you for uh, having me and having all of us here uh, to talk about democracy. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yep, my, my pleasure. But. As the um, National Cyber Director, uh, myself and my entire office, we serve as the President's uh, Special Advisor, Senior Advisor on Cybersecurity Strategy and Policy. Uh, so we try to guide the administration's uh, maneuvers to protect cyberspace uh, for the American public. Um, that, so that, that's number one. Uh, we also try to bring coherence to the federal cybersecurity ecosystem. There are a, a number of key players in uh, cybersecurity all doing great jobs. They're being effective, but we need to be effective and efficient. So bringing that federal coherence uh, to, to all of that activity is, is the second tasking that we have. So I have to ask you straight up, how much of a risk are we as a nation uh, for a cybersecurity attack? I just read in researching this about the Volt Typhoon, something that I didn't even know about. So expand on that and tell us what is our risk at present? Yes. Um, in a, a bottom line up front, uh, we are at unacceptable risk when it comes to our nation's critical infrastructure. And I say that, and we said it publicly, um, not just to the American citizenry, but to the world. Uh, three weeks ago, when uh, we had a testimony before a House uh, subcommittee, uh, in particular, it was myself, uh, FBI Director Ray, CISA uh, uh, Director Jen Easterly, and now the former director of NSA and commander of U.S. Cyber Command, uh, we testified regarding the threat, the unacceptable risk uh, that our critical infrastructure is placed under right now. And critical infrastructure is, is vital uh, to the American way of life. It covers everything from water, energy, transportation, education, uh, health care, manufacturing, on and on. Everything that uh, we need to thrive as a nation, uh, that we need to enjoy our daily life as citizens is covered by critical infrastructure. Uh, so we are, uh, as was announced that day, we are taking on those threats and, and trying to uh, put the risk at an acceptable level. Risk will never be eliminated 100%, but it has to be managed. It has to be managed. It won't be avoided. It has to be managed. And that's what we're working hard on. Not a cliche to say 24-7, but we're doing that nonstop. Are there things that you can tell us about what it is that you are doing uh, in order to keep the nation safe from that kind of attack? I, I think we've all seen those dystopian movies, and so we're wondering how realistic they are. Yes. Uh, I, I tell you, the, the, the foundation for what we're doing is um, has to do with people, uh, the public, and partnerships. Uh, people. Number one, uh, any effective organization starts with the people uh, have to have uh, the right people 
with the right set of skills and the right focus on the, the common mission. Um, in, in the United States today, there are more than 500,000 open cyber jobs. So we are, um, we've been coming up short. What we have been doing has not been as effective as it needs to be. So one of the, the big tasks that our office and our, our partners across the private and public sectors taken on is closing that gap of more than 500,000 uh, open cyber jobs. We're doing that by going places that we haven't gone before uh, to communities who haven't been as, as, as welcomed uh, into uh, cyber uh, jobs. And, and we're going to also take risks on people. Uh, paper certifications, for example, for your degrees uh, shouldn't be required if they're not essential to doing the job. They're not always essential. So that's that's one, getting the right people with the right opportunity to contribute. Let me piggyback on that sure. really quickly, because when we say that, what we're saying is that we're opening up access potentially to more people of color in this field that can be lucrative and that is also part of the protection of our nation. Exactly. Um, like I said, more than 500,000 open jobs, but I don't believe that the United States has a uh, talent shortage. We have talented people that we haven't identified and brought on board and developed and retained. Uh, the talent is there. We have to develop it. Um, so, yes, it's people of color. Uh, other underserved communities, frankly, could be uh, folks who did not grow up in STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, math. You don't need to be a STEM professional to make a contribution in cybersecurity. Also, you know, um, frankly, girls and women haven't always been brought on board uh, in, in areas such as this, again, STEM related. Uh, we, we need critical thinkers. We need people who are persistent and we need folks who care. Uh, that, that's what we need in cybersecurity. So where are you recruiting that you haven't recruited uh, in the past? Well, ha haven't recruited if, as effectively in the past. Okay. Um, inner cities, um, uh, HBCUs, minority serving institutions of all sorts. Um, we're, we're, those are the types of, of places we haven't uh, been as rigorous as we and thorough as we need to be. Uh, also, uh, community college as an example, uh, trade schools as an example. Again, nothing at all against four-year degrees, but is that necessary to, to help out? No, it's not. Uh, so uh, earlier, uh, just last month, I was at uh, Community College of Baltimore County and talking to an exceptional um, you know, two year uh, institution where they recognize, uh, you know, you can have the knowledge without having the piece of paper. And that knowledge is what counts. Uh, so skills based hiring, uh, skills based, not paper based. But what do you know? That's uh, another big effort on this front. Uh, let me ask you in terms of our personal risk, are there things that we could be doing better to make sure that we are not uh, inviting in all these things from spyware to malware to ransomware and all these kinds of things? What can we be doing better as we are attached to all these devices? Absolutely. There's a, a few things that uh, the big we uh, can and should be doing better and us as individuals. Uh, our national cybersecurity strategy talks about two big shifts. And the first shift, which is relevant to your question, is shifting the responsibility of defending cyberspace from uh, those who are less capable to those who are most capable. Those who are less capable are individuals, uh, small towns, schools, 
um, uh, medical facilities, houses of worship, those who are most capable are federal government, uh, high tech industry who, who live this every day. But as individuals, uh, one of the things that we can do is uh, multi-factor authentication as opposed to just having a password, have, have another means of authenticating who we really are. Um, something else that individuals can and should do is uh, be aware of of, uh, of phishing um, entities that are, are get, trying to get get us to click on a link. And then that could be a nefarious actor that really wants access to our information. We, we call that basic uh, cyber hygiene and awareness, uh, just knowing the environment and, 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 and living by what we're calling the zero trust. Uh, it, it really is. Um, if you don't know where something came from, don't click that link. Uh, verify that. Well, that is something to definitely be mindful of. Harry Coker, the National Cyber Director, thank you so much for being with us on Reality Check today. We appreciate the time. It's my pleasure. Uh, happy to, to talk about cyber because it Im- impacts every one of us nowadays, uh, literally from when we're born and our birth certificates are electronically filed to when we pass away and a death certificate goes in. It hits everyone in America. Well, you have an important job, so we appreciate it. Happy to serve. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.